and welcome to another episode of All That Film. Look, we're joined back together, uh, All That Film, another episode, talking Jordan Peele's Nope. Um, we're probably going to have some new stuff attached to the end of this after spoilers, so if you want to uh, skip to that, some of the Marvel stuff, some of uh, Idris Elba fighting a lion, question mark? Um, and all that stuff will be at the end. There's going to be time codes in the description. Um, but uh, I'm your host, Hay, and we're joined by Todd, Rich, Michelle, and Nick. Welcome all. Woo! Um, and we're here to talk Jordan Peele's third film, uh, which feels really interesting because a uh, little noteworthy. I, I don't know if everybody on the podcast knows, but our uh, first episode was actually Jordan Peele's Us. We, Me and a group mm. of friends uh, were really excited that Us was coming out, and we thought it would be a good first discussion uh, movie. So this is kind of a special place, sentimental. I tried to get uh, Turtle to come back on, but I think she's busy at the moment doing Turtle things. Uh, but with that said, uh, I don't know what order we're going we're gonna to go in on this, but... Todd and Michelle have have seen it first, so which of you would like to go uh, reviewing this film? Michelle, go, go ahead. Todd. No, you go ahead. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was creative, and everything about it was... It felt fresh and interesting, and I loved all the acting and the characters, and yeah, for me, it was just... It was just a great experience. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, what's really interesting is I'm I'm just curious because I know uh, Michelle, you probably go to a lot of movies with Todd. Um, mm-hmm. Was this one like how many movies would you say you watch in a year? Just out of curiosity, I don't know. That's a really good question. Todd would probably know the answer better because he's better at like counting things. <laughs> but I certainly don't watch as many as he does. I'll put I, it that way. I, I was um, just—I was wondering because this is the—I I wrote this in in part of the review, but I—I I think Jordan Peele. We were going to do this, and I think we probably still are going to do uh, this groupthink ranking of up and coming directors. And Jordan Peele truly mm. is the only like up and comer, and I think he's completely arrived at this point that like you can sell a film based on his like people are are wanting to tune yeah. in on a, on a Jordan Peele film, and it's really interesting to me because like my group. Uh, my group of friends, like a lot of people, were were interested in that film, uh, even though there's been huge movies that have come out, like Top Gun or uh, Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. And this original concept, you know, people are like, "Oh, a- original movie, neat." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, I-, I agree with you that this is super, super unique. It's it's interesting that there seems to be a lot of influences that Peel kind of wears on his sleeve in in this particular film especially because a lot of people, uh, myself included, made, made the Hitchcock mm. connection um, mm. with some of his, his, with his two previous works. Um, mm. And he even, that's one of his like main sources of inspiration. Uh, he's, he's mentioned a couple of times, but this feels kind of almost spoilery. Like a, I'll, I'll mention it more when we get into that stuff, but it feels very different from his other two films and, while I enjoyed some of that, I think I had some hangups with Peel mixing that. But the biggest takeaway I had is, uh, and this goes to the uniqueness, is Peel seems to be really comfortable in every genre. And that's not mm. something that uh, every director can, can do mm. so, so, so quickly from comedy to thrills to action um but todd finish finish the duo that went to see no um what were your thoughts well for me jordan peele is three for three i really love his collection of work so far uh in terms of uh get out us and this the um film specifically i really like in that it's like creative original sci-fi it it feels motivated by certain films like to me 
Um, and I, I think I know what Rich is going to say. He thinks of what, what other movie he thinks about this with. For me, it was Tremors for anybody who's seen that film. Like it has, it has that Ooh. kind of vibe to a lot of it in that, you know, there's, yeah. it's, it's fun. It's like, uh, you see people addressing issues and problems and kind of going through a process to do it. And it's, it's kind of fun and it's got like cool characters and I love it. I want, and you've seen this in the trailer or even the poster. I just, I, I love Steven Yoon in a cowboy hat. So I'm, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm, yes. Give us, give us the whole Steven Yoon cowboy. Yeah, he was, he, I want more of it. Um, but for me, this is uh, in some ways his most fun film uh in and the one thing i would say just based on what you were talking about i don't know if can if jordan peele has proven he can do just pure drama over an extended period of time without having to break it up with jokes and stuff so i'm not sure i'm not sure interesting he, i'm yeah, not sure he's even... shown me he can do that not that i care though he's like one of my favorite young directors i'm just responding to what you said i almost yeah. i know this sounds i know this sounds super weird um because it is, in fact, a genre. I almost don't That's count fine. drama as a genre because it's like the the default in a lot of. Films. That's fine. I would. Um, but I, I would do, just I, say I, that's something I would I get what like you're to saying. see. I, that would be interesting to see him try to prove. I would be interested in that movie. Yeah. Right. Right. Like to do just a, a straight up. Jo- I, I think the the thing that I I would maybe I I think you are right. A, a Jordan Peele straight up drama would be very intriguing. Um, but ultimately, like I kind of like that he's going full genre films. Oh, I love it. Of, we and we need more um, good ones. I mean, and that's what makes this so great is that it's right, sci-fi. Right. It's a little bit of horror. It's humor. It's great, right? Because because a lot of like the the major like blockbusters, they'll feel like an amalgamation of sci-fi, action, right. comedy, and they're not leaning into like one specific. Sure one and this like has those elements but it's doing them separately but yeah i still get your point uh rich you're up what do you think of this film okay so what todd alluded to here is i'm I'm gonna compare this a bit to jaws this that to me is the most logical parallel to this movie but it really is its own thing the reason that i compare it to jaws is not just the the theme and the style and the vibe it's that it it went beyond the theater screen for me and most of the people that were watching it with us. Like I felt myself, you know, creep to the edge of my seat, you know, like I wasn't watching this movie. Everyone watching this movie was in this movie. You were, you were there with the characters, everything that's happening to them feels like you're in the middle of it. Nice. I think that's fair. I, I agree with that point that it, we had a really, I, I'm not sure about, I guess we can go around and, and get into this in a second after Nick, but we had a really good theater experience. Um, and I imagine most people, because everybody, because it's an original work that is a blockbuster, most people are there for uh, Real cool. time. Oh yeah. But at this point in his career, why is there not the dump truck full of money in his front lawn to just right? let him just crank out as much stuff as he mm. can put to paper? Well, uh, okay. So what's, what's interesting. You, you mentioned jaws and um, we can get into that more after this uh, with, with his first, with get out, you know, there's, there's a lot of parallels to Hitchcock's work as mentioned, but then the really interesting thing is what, Peel did as a producer and how much studios were relying on that to like sell their work. So for instance, the Twilight Zone was Jordan Peel's Twilight Zone. And then Candyman was produced by Jordan Peel, even though it's Nita Costa's film. Uh, and that was really intriguing to me because I, I really don't think we've had something like that name recognition wise on uh before spielberg like i can't think of one in between like maybe m night but he didn't really do like all of his works were written and directed by m night Shyamalan, and i i really do think peel has a chance uh to have his 
uh, fill of stuff that he's he's diving into. He's he's going to stay. Well, booked because I would hope that he he gets into the point where you know he's holding the door open for other creators because you can tell that he has good yeah, taste. Yeah. Isn't good he time, already? You know? I think yeah. he already is. <laughs> I love yeah, he, he's doing that. that now, but like he will probably be a force to reckon with if they oh, yeah. keep letting him pick you know projects. Yeah, yeah. Can we? Hey, can we come back to this? Because I know Nick has to talk. But at some point, can we discuss if Jordan Peele is like the good timeline M Night Shyamalan? <laughs> <laughs> we we did look. We we had a. I don't even know if this one was posted because we've had two that haven't seen the light of day. We did a uh, ATF Smackdown where one of the questions was, "Who's in danger of becoming the next M Night?" Um, <laughs> And the obvious answer was Jordan Peele uh, is why I like wrote that question because you have this heralded director that's like at the height. And this to me, like kind of just obviously M night had, I think four really solid films before shape of water. So who knows? Sure. You know, in I'm not arguing um, M night is the darkest timeline. I just think Jordan Peele so far is like the best timeline, <laughs> like kind of version of Sorts of directors that have, I think, some similarities. Right, you're saying you're saying this is a Mario and Wario situation where, yeah, uh, <laughs> not quite that, but that, something that like M Night Shyamalan yeah. is Wapil. Uh, so. Oh my god! <laughs> but uh, Nick, real quick before we dive completely into insanity, um, what what are your thoughts on this film? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, ever since Get Out, I've always been fascinated with what he's been doing as a director as well as a producer, going off doing things like The Twilight Zone and, as you've said, uh, Candyman being a producer on that. And then he did Us, which was a two-for-two for me in terms of good. And so I was very interested to see what Nope was, like his take on aliens and UFOs. And from the trailers and the posters, I was intrigued. But I also had that sort of trepidation of like, well, what if this isn't good? I think everyone has that, where it's like, oh, well, this is a new director, but what if their next project isn't good? But to me, that's fine. You know, if it's not good, there's other works, and he'll probably, you know, make another good one. And I went into Nope having some pretty decent expectations, and I came out thinking it was pretty fucking awesome. It was really great. Mm -hmm. uh, three for three. Five out of five mm -hmm. stars on my letterbox. It's the second favorite film of the year for me. In terms of theater experience, in terms of just... It felt it felt like a, like watching a classic cinema movie in cinema. Like it it was an equivalent to like Jaws for me. Like I know that's that's a common theme with like a like everyone's comparing it to Jaws, but it truly did feel like that for me. A new way of looking at at the UFO sci-fi alien genre that like with that midpoint twist that was it was so good and it kept me invested ever since towards the end. Just fucking fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and just real quick before I get into my uh, babble babble, uh, Lindsay loved the film. Couldn't make it because she's a sleepy baby. And uh, Margot says movie good. Um, so just adding those two Ooh. real quick, um, getting into thoughts uh, from from me. And then we're I guess we'll talk about M night for a second, but this might bleed into some thoughts. Um, I do want to somewhat counter your M night point, because the only thing that I kind of want to bring up is, are we, am I, maybe me specifically, not the, not the rest of y'all. Um, but am I doing the thing where I'm sort of maybe over analyzing or looking for something very grand in a Jordan Peele film? Um, where like I walk out of this and, and Todd, you had mentioned like this is by far Jordan Peele's most fun film, uh, which is really interesting yeah, because it definitely has like some comedic elements and some really engaging thriller uh, moments. And then Us is Us to me felt like the return of the B movie horror um, that was real okay. or thriller that was really well done. Um, and then this feels like just a really like like all of y'all mentioned, uh, just is really fun in a movie. And I think the biggest takeaway that I keep that that keeps this from me elevating it in like upper echelon of stuff is I think the messaging, like the Jordan Peele 
themes and like what this is like the greater what this is saying get lost mm-hmm. on the film that is fun and exciting like i think mm-hmm. they are a little opposed to each other and that is something i think peel is also cognizant of while making this but the film seems to be a little at odds with itself at times and we can get into that more in spoilers um but that was one of my because right now rating wise like i have this at a 7.4 uh and to be like fully clear i don't i don't see a world where this drops at all like 7.4 is the floor for me and then if anything <laughs> like if i eventually change my mind that all this stuff is clicking together and this intentional uh messaging like all connects then i'm i'm willing to change my mind cuz what's funny is um i said to my friends like right after we saw this i was like yeah with us like right after I wanted to see it again. And I don't know if I want to do that with this movie. And then I was thinking about it more and I was like, okay, I probably, (laughs) I'm probably a little wrong. And I do want to check this out at some point. Yeah. You're wrong. (laughs) I love you. Hey, but you're wrong. (laughs) You're very, very wrong. Hey, go to the, go to the shame corner. I will not, I will not be going to the shame corner, but real quick, before we get into spoilers and grade this out, uh, Todd, do we want to do a quick M night section? Um, no, let me. We don't have to do a long M Night section. My joke is just that M Night clearly has like a successful career. Like I'm not trying to shit on him, and I like some of his movies. It's just that like Jordan Peele seems to be doing like M Night but better. And like and, and uh, the interesting so thing it, is like M Night is at um, a return to form. With like even if because I'm not as as big on on old out of like a lot of his films, but that was still like an event film, um, and that was sure. really cool to see that you know that film was sold on being M Night Shyamalan's old. Um, similar well, they're they're two, so people know why I'm comparing them just to make it clear. Like they're two kind of auteur light original filmmakers in a world of people who just make fucking like sequels and remakes now you know like and so they you know they have this interesting perspective and people kind of invest in them and kind of like you know so i just want to make sure people understand why i'm comparing these two but that was the only point i was really trying to make we don't have to think i think everybody's (laughs) compared uh, at this point like everybody's made the connection between the two because they're very similar, yeah, yeah. especially because they operate in a genre space um, that not a lot of people do. Uh, but that's going to be it for uh, non-spoilers. We'll get into grades real quick, and then uh, we'll go full spoilers on this. Todd, what would you give this out of 10? Nine. Nine. Rich, what would you give this out of 10? So right now I have it at an eight, and I think that might go up if I watch it again. Uh, Michelle, what would you give this out of 10? Like ten, I don't have any problems with it, like at all. <laughs> Nick, what would you give this out of ten? Um, well, uh, just multiply my letterbox score so it's a ten. Nice, and yeah, I am the I'm negative sorry. Nancy, as as I mentioned. Uh, I guess raining on this parade of five. Uh, apologies, but not enough to bring down our score of an eight point eight um, total for Jordan Peele's. Nope, which is probably behind everything everywhere in terms of things we've recorded. I'm, I'm trying to think of any other. Um, That's I mean, the Todd's, only movie I can think of that I have above this right now. Right. Todd's episode might be higher just because that's, you know, only a 10 um, average, but that was unreleased. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, I have it as my third favorite we'll, uh, of the year, so. I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Can I do real quick this and we'll get right to spoilers after this. Um, so I was doing this dumb thing, kind of dumb, I guess, where I came up with 20 movies that I wanted to see at the beginning of the year. And then I'd only watch those 20 movies unless other people wanted to see things at the cinema with me. So for instance, my dad wanted to see the black phone. So I watched the black phone with my dad. Um, and the one thing that kind of sucks is like, this is ninth for me in films from the year and like i've only seen 13 or 14 movies and like three of them are from sundance and i just feel like 
that isn't indicative of like how great this film okay. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So this, listen, kids, this is why you need to see bad movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, without further ado, we're gonna break open spoilers. Uh, so all the the spoils uh, we're going to get into on Nope. So if you haven't seen the film, don't stick around. Unless you don't care about spoilers, then you are welcome to. But it might be uh, very confusing uh, because we'll be bouncing around. Um, with that said, do any of y'all have a starting point you want to go with? Did you know that they made a Midwestern translation of this movie? It's called really? Yeah, no. It's called what? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Stop. Um, so that was your spoiler. That's so and so. Weird. So my spoiler is: I'm just super glad that the three main people lived. I don't know why, but like I was expecting a death, and it yeah. there was something just so kind well, of like redemptive and cool about the fact that they didn't have to go like. Like, they'd already gone super dark. We'd already felt those feelings. You know what I mean? Like, uh, with with seeing, like, a family digested, something I assume we'll talk about, uh, you know, like, and seeing, like, that sort of stuff. So it, it just felt good to have people live to the end, characters that you really like. Do, do you know there's, real quick, I guess this is deserves mentioning because other people are discussing this. My, I don't think my friends made this uh, assumption. Um but there's some people hypothesizing that uh, OJ at the end isn't alive because they have the out yonder sign above him. And I, I just I think that's like a bad reading. Of, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's a bad reading of the film because like that yeah. is supposed to be this this awesome moment where all our three main protagonists are still alive at the end of this. And it's like, wow, you know. All things considered, we're doing pretty okay. <laughs> I think that's an example of where people overanalyze Jordan Peele films. Like, I do think some, a lot of directors, get, like, there's two different effects. Some directors will just have fan, you know, boys and girls that just automatically give them high scores. But then I think some directors also suffer with some fans that just, like, expect so much that they overanalyze it. Uh, and I do think I do think mm. there's an element of that with certain Jordan Peele films in that, like, even if some of the messaging doesn't work, and we can get into what Hayes talking about in, in a minute, you know what I mean? Like, his, his base problem uh, or concern right. about the film. Before, but, like, I, you know... I think they can all be enjoyed on a superficial level very, very much and enjoyed on a more kind of like deeper level. But I think some people just put too much pressure on them. That, that would be my take. Yeah. Well, that, that's how I felt with um, us where yeah. I was a little, I thought the, some of the messaging was a little counter and too, or confusing, but at the same time there were awesome moments for a throw like the scene with the the daughter and us i guess spoilers for us but uh where she golf clubs one of the others mm -hmm. or one of the tethered uh really this raucous joyous moment same thing happens in nope that like ultimately the thing that keeps me thinking 7.4 is the floor is because there's no taking away like the pure joy and excitement and the uneasiness of that scene with kaluuya as, as OJ running from this UFO on horseback with all of these inflatable tube men. Yeah. And then the plan is being ex like they have this whole plan that they've set out. Um, it's masterful in, in terms of like an action level, like this big bombastic set piece. Like if, it, if the film was only that, I think I'd still walk away very positive if it was, it meandered the whole time, but it has way more than that um, obviously, but, yeah, that scene and, in particular, I, I don't know if y'all's theater was like really, you know, you just feel like a sigh of a relief when he finally makes it like across that that field. Um, yeah, can I fold back into that? Because one of the things that this movie does very well and all Jordan Peele movies do very well is that they give us smart protagonists. They give us people that don't mm. do stupid things just to wedge a scene in. Right. Yeah. Right. It's nice. There's, there's definitely a world where 
where someone's like, oh, I don't trust you, OJ. And then goes out and, and gets killed by the alien. Yeah, all the characters. One, one of the things, too, is like all the motivations, um, besides maybe one, like really makes sense. Uh, and all the characters feel uh, really grounded, even though it's this extraterrestrial film. Um, and I think all of that is just Jordan Peele knows how to set up a world and its characters and like why they're they're motivated to do things. Um, but yeah, we, before we get into messaging, is there um, and and I guess open that whole can of worms? Is there anything y'all want to mention spoiler wise, uh, Michelle? Do you have anything that comes to mind? I mean, I really appreciated the whole everything about Steven Yun's role was like amazing, like. Claim. The Jupiter, what was it called? Jupiter's claim. Jupes, um, Jupiter's, Jupiter's, Jupiter's claim. claim. Yeah, yeah, just that whole theme park, his whole backstory, like with the ape, like what the hell? Like everything is so crazy about his character, and it all just like kind of worked in a weird way, and he acted it really well. Like it was, like it's just so interesting and creative. Like I just loved. I and it was funny too. Like that's you know, that that's the thing about Jordan Peele is it's like it's just like layers, right? It's like it's funny, it's it's weird, it's interesting. Um, you've got an actor that you, that's fun to watch. So yeah, I just really liked like that whole and his kids and like their rivalry with the um, you know like they were pranking the um protagonists and like they were starting they were gonna have like a war with these like kids I, it's just like funny like the whole thing is just like really surreal it's like you talk about like the main character like the protagonists were grounded but like i feel like that character was just like insane yeah. um but in a really fun way also, shout out to keith david for being in a minute and a half of this yeah. movie and still being awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um i um okay nick do you have a spoiler before we get into um i guess some of my um, faults maybe uh let's see spoilers um i i don't really have any specific spoilers um but uh yeah let's I guess what, right what did you think it. about the creature design Oh, yeah, I okay. So it ties into one of the bigger themes of the film um, in terms of the use of nostalgia, Um, how how there's like the whole the Jupiter's claim is built off of this whole nostalgic feel of that. Like everyone's like, oh, I remember that show when I was a kid. I remember Gordy's. I remember all that stuff. And the the shape of the UFO, like it looks like a classic 1950s UFO, but it's once you get to that twist that it's not actually a UFO, but an actual creature that is, like, viewing us and eating us and eating everything. Like, that's where the thing just kind of, like, transforms, and like, literally and figuratively, from just a standard, you know, alien UFO film to, oh, this is a creature feature now. That is from outer space. Like, it's, it's really good. I really like that sort of twist, but it also adds on to the themes that I really enjoyed about the film. Right, and that's almost where I'm curious what the second week reaction to this uh, film will be, because I feel like I tend to think, um, and this isn't a slight to uh, Rich, but I tend to think like the Spielberg-Jaws connection to this is like inherently like a little spoilery, because there's no, at least to me, there was no precedent of like this being an outright creature. Um, so it was really interesting yeah. in the theater to see it's like, that to be sort of a twist or a subversion at the very least um, for what like the audience expectations are. Whereas if enough people are talking about like this being similar to Jaws, I think there might be some awareness from uh, audiences. Like you could, you could have said like this kind of feels like close encounters in the first half and then it's morphs into Jaws. Uh, I mean, granted that'd be a little bit more specific, but like, <laughs> But if well, you're going to go with Spielberg connection, there's like two films that match it. I, I almost feel like the first. I was trying to think of a good connection, and, and maybe all roads with Jordan Peele lead back to M Night, as me and Todd keep doing this. 
Uh, oh my God. <laughs> but it would be no. Almost, it would be almost like if Signs was like, or not Signs. Yeah, if if Signs was like half, or if uh, the Sixth Sense was half what the Sixth Sense is. Yeah, and then it was Ghost for the rest of the movie. Um, it's like a really interesting tonal. Sh- I, I know that might not make sense, but it's a really interesting tonal shift to go from like what we think of a Jordan Peele film and then switching to this, like to the Jaws gear of like this big action set. And obviously Jaws has horror elements too. Um, real quick, cause Michelle had brought it up. Uh, this, this most scared I was in this movie uh, was three little children dressed as aliens. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was great. They were terrifying. I was so worried. Uh, I was freaked so out well. too. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> it, it's a sort of expectation of like, well, there, there's an alien ship. There must be aliens, and then it's like, oh wait, no, it's a, actually a funny joke. Right, but right. That, that's what I mean. Like it, it almost it's switching gears to that because the whole time, at least for me, I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, who in the cast is an alien? It's got to be Stephen Yoon, right? Like it's got to be Jew. Um, that's and what then I thought. For, you thought what? And that's what I thought. I thought right. Stephen Yoon was was an alien for a while because there was like little little hints and pieces but it's with like but it's with like that scene uh that um the scene where he has the horse and it's like he has all these people come in for this special show that's like oh okay so it's not this but it's close to this my my whole like the first half of the movie i thought he was an alien because i'm like well He's the one that the monkey's about to get. Oh yeah, and he's not surviving that. So who's this guy? Um, okay, so if we're if we're talking about Jupe, um, I, I think what his character represents is a an aspect of humanity, which is that you know that notion, that illusion of control, that we're at the top of the food mm. chain and that we're always yeah. the ones that call the shots. And, you know, him doing that horse show thing is him trying to exert control over the alien because he thinks that, you know, he he can tame it. He can make it his pet. And he reminds me of, you know, every single one of those stories that you get out of a national park where someone tried to pet like a buffalo or something. And then it just all of that is correct. But also the scenes just flat out badass on a superficial level as well. And it's just kind of like funny. Like that's I want to say I fully agree with you. I'm just saying that's part of what I like about Jordan Peele films is that you can like really peel off the layers or you can. Yep. Uh, or you can, but, but with, um, uh, well, I think one of the reasons, but with like oh. that scene, which is my Mo- favorite movies scene are in like the film, so the thing that made me laugh the hardest in this oh, no, whole Trek. movie is when he does this whole, Jupiter does this whole like description of the alien encounter and it's like, but that's in about an hour. First... I think I'll bring out my kids and have them do a little number for you. Would y'all like that? And what's funny to yeah, me, yeah. what made me laugh <laughs> yeah. the hardest was that the crowd is like, yeah, and applauds, when in reality, like, I would probably boo and be very upset. So I don't know why, but I love I love that whole scene is just... <laughs> well, he's like the Central oh, Valley of P.T. Barnum. It's fantastic. I, I already can't wait to re-see that scene in particular, you know? I was laughing really hard during the scene where he was describing the SNL episode where they reenact the yeah. the horrifying yeah. scene. Like I like, and then like and in was retrospect, actually- then actually because you hadn't seen the actual thing, you only seen little snippets of it at that point. So then, when you kind of like think about that after seeing how horrific it was and how traumatized he was Classic by it, it's just so funny. Classic like, Katan. I don't even know why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So one of the reasons that I think that Jordan Peele will keep, you know, hitting these out of the park is because of Key and Peele, like to effectively satirize something, you have to understand it. You have to understand what makes it work. And I think that that's why he's so good in so many genres is because to make effective jokes, you had to understand, you know, how that story works, how the beats, you know, land. And, and I, I think that that is kind of paved this way for him to, to just understand storytelling. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he tells stories in a very interesting way. It's not linear. It's not. It's but it's not like obviously. It's not like oh, we're gonna do a time cut now. I mean, it does, but it's not. I don't know if that makes any sense. I feel like sometimes it's very like harsh, and the way he does it no. often feels very. Or it feels very natural, at least it did to me in this film. All three of his films, all three of his first films, are all narratively, time-wise, a little different from each other. Like Get Out has a whole section where it's switching uh, back to Little Ray, Ray Howery. Um, and then Us is just straightforward all the all the way through up until the end. And this um, is an interesting departure where we switch to chapters. Um, yeah. And I thought I thought that was really like I thought the chapter se- separation was really effective um, in knowing mm-hmm. when to choose uh, what would go up there. All right, um, we've we've talked about stuff long enough. Pre- I guess I have to prepare yourself for discipline. Briefly. Um, and this might yeah, be yourself. right. This might be where uh, <laughs> right. My uh, I got pitchforks over here. If anyone needs one, <laughs> my coach <laughs> might boo me. Might kick me off the stage. That's fine. Um, <laughs> my my issue with this film is I think its main core message makes sense on its own. Um, and I think, in fairness, like some of this stuff is just tricky in general. Uh, and I, I just want to be like super clear. Like the fact that I'm able to have conversations about Jordan Peele's movies like this is a win on its own, even if it doesn't completely land. Um, but there is this repeated sensationalism with animals in the movie, whether it be uh, the horse at the beginning, they're trying to film the scene, Gordy, uh, the, the monkey, um, and then of course the alien, because it's also an animal. Uh, there's this idea of exploitation, like sort of being like, we don't, we don't want this. We don't, we don't need, like there is, uh, the cinematographer is seen watching these clips. Like it could be for a project, but honestly he might just be a very weird dude of him like watching these predators uh, get their prey, uh, several of them. So it's this Mm -hmm. idea that we shouldn't be watching like nature. We should just be letting these forces of nature, their own devices is one of the ideas of this movie. And then Mm -hmm. part of my issue, and uh, I think this could change is the film directly. Like the first, one of the first thing that stands out to me, um, and I think this was even in the trailer, um, even though I don't watch trailers, I, I remember hearing it in the background, um, where Kiki Palmer, Emerald, uh, brings up that one of her forefathers was the original man that rode on a horse. The first thing that was filmed, put to film. Um, but people remember the horse, but they don't remember the black man's name. And that seemed like a, a very important piece of the film to me. And what this film is saying about like deserved fame for things and specifically mm. like being referencing the, the black man on the horse, the Oprah shot, the main character's name is OJ. Like there's all of these things that are very clearly intentional by Peel. And then I don't know what this film is saying on that level of like, should we be excited at the end that they get the picture and they exploit the alien by killing it. Um, and I do like, I do understand that Peel Peel for sure realizes that in creating a movie about sensationalism and exploitation uh, that he is wanting to get like us to feel sensations out of, you know, he understands the hypocrisy, but I don't think like that aspect of it comes together for me. And I'm, ready to, to hear y'all tell me why I'm wrong. Feel free. But that is the only like lingering thing that I just can't quite get there with this movie. Like you think it's, it's wrong or it, it conflicts that he, they kill the alien. I, is that part. I don't think it conflicts that they kill the alien. I think it conflicts that. And this, this is the thing that I I'm willing to give a little bit of leeway on that. I think I'll end up coming higher on. But basically, like, Kiki Palmer's character of Emerald, she wants the spotlight. Like, she wants to be, she wants fame and, and glory and all this stuff. For yeah. the character of OJ, we're pretty sure he doesn't want any of that. He just right. wants, like, his dad to get 
like he he wants to not be crazy. He wants to show the world that he's not insane. Like this was something in crazy that happened to him and, and what killed his father. So at the end, when like the cameras are coming on Emerald and she has the picture, there is this idea of okay, instead of looking at the cameras and the fame, she's looking at her brother like there, and that's what's important to her. But then part of my dumb brain possibly is that immediately after that scene, like the reporters are going to swarm her and she's going to have the picture. So even if they don't want to be in the spotlight, because the, the part, one of the other things is like the cinematographer directly says like, you don't want any part of this. Like you're not ready, like for what this will bring or whatever, like you don't want in the spotlight. Uh, and I think they even bring that up like at the start. And I think it is saying something. I just don't know where I'm at. Like, with okay. That statement. Okay, I have I have a point to make with this part. So, in that final scene with Kiki Palmer, they she has the photo. Obviously, the reporters are behind her. But the very fact of like this entire thing is about media consumerism, and everyone's trying to get that shot. But what matters the most to Kiki in that moment? What mattered the most in that third act? It was the family aspect, right? When she sees OJ, she's reactive. She's more reactive than that. That's her first instinct, is to look back to see if OJ is still there. That's what I was saying. Like, you have that, but at the when the, the movie itself ends, those reporters are still going to, like, she's not going to be able to leave. Um, so I guess that's where, that was my point previously. Like, even though you have that moment, and it is, like, an awesome scene, like seeing OJ again. I think... Um, I'm just a little confused, like where that would leave them uh, at the close of this film. But maybe that's not what matters. Maybe that's why the film ends where it does. Um, and you'd be correct, hey? That's where it ends. <laughs> no, okay. I just not to be blunt. But... This is going to sound so dismissive, and so I'm trying to figure out the best way to say it. I just don't care about what you just said. Like when I watch this movie, if that makes sense. Like to me, it's just about like, and I respect that you do, but like, I think what it is is that in the end, I find it to be a very entertaining movie that brings up a lot of themes. It made me think about a lot of stuff and reflect on a lot of stuff. And I just feel like there's so much pressure on these movies to be perfect uh, in terms of like consistency and message and that sometimes gets in the way it's yeah. like a forest for the trees situation where it just gets into the way of the fact that like people will have conversations about these issues because of this movie and it's entertaining as fuck hey right and that and that's the thing that i come in sure mentioned again like that's where why the like, floor for me is a 7.4 yeah, it's a wildly entertaining film the problem for me is i think i think peel intentionally like what like more than the rest of his films as weird as this at least to me more than the rest of his films i think he's trying to guide you to a point somewhere whereas like the other two are kind of like i feel like us you can kind of ruminate on that for what you think that film means um and what and this specifically for peel like he's directing you a certain way at least to me and and i think that like kind of gets in the way of this being like you said like me being like oh my gosh like that was a raucous film and that's the part that like this is similar to spielberg with jaws but it has this really interesting message to sort of put together like after seeing the film like what it all meant that something like jaws doesn't have and that can elevate it even more than Jaws. But I think I would probably be higher on the whole if this was just. Okay, like, tag me in, boss. <laughs> go for it. Go for it, Rich. Um, okay, so this is the thing. You're, you're saying that it's about the picture. I disagree heartily. I think that the picture is the cherry on top of the Sunday. The the Sunday is that they survived this thing, that they conquered this thing. They, you know... They were trying to get the picture just so that people believed them that this happened. And in the end, she kills the thing, captures it on the only like record. The journalists get there. It's over. Like the thing's done. It's gone. 
Yeah. And, and she's yeah. the only one that can tell this story and someone who has spent her whole life getting ready for the, the spotlight can, but she doesn't care about any of that. She just cares about whether OJ is okay. Yeah. And, and see, yeah, and, <laughs> right. and see, the thing is this shift is not like something that was last minute when the, when the first attack happened, like their priorities changed, but it's the egos of those who are kind of in control that kind of get them in trouble. Like the cinematographer, for instance, he's always trying to get that perfect shot. And he mentions in the film early on, he's like, well, this is a mountain you can't climb. Like it's an impossible feat. And then later on, he literally does that same thing. Right. And he, and his ego is checked by the alien. Yeah. Michael Wincott cares about the picture. Uh, Emerald just cares about getting through this thing and, you know, people this, understanding what I have what to happened. say, I have to, wait, yes. wait, wait, can I agree with you then, Hale? And I, look, this is, I, <laughs> I will just, I, I think Hayes, I don't know if all too. she cares about <laughs> is surviving and proving that her story is true. I, I, I think I agree with Hay a little bit that there, I just don't care as much. I do think there is a little bit of a message at the end where it's like, well, am I supposed to feel weird about the fact that I'm excited that they get to, you know what I mean? Like do this. I do think he's saying that to a certain degree, but real quick though, I hey, right. don't in, in that care as much because like I view it like, like in the movie. Um, I describe this movie as like tremors, like one movie, like on a superficial level, I think this movie is very much like tremors and that, Tremors is a movie about fighting and like people coming together, a ragtag ragtag group of people coming together and figuring out how to defeat a monster. Now, I think this is actually a better movie than Tremors, like I even though I love Tremors, but it reminds me of that on a the this level of theme though, it reminds me of Starship Troopers almost in a way where without going into deep spoilers on that movie, it's a movie where you have to find yourself conflicted about what you root for, like occasionally, but that that's like part of the fun of it. And like that's part of what makes the film interesting. Yeah. So for me in the end, like it doesn't bother me, even though I think I actually agree with, hey, there is maybe a slight, there's there's something he's asking you to do there, and I'm not sure how perfect he does it. In, in that, that final scene, like, in this, just what I'll reiterate again, like, that final scene almost feels like an, an acknowledgement from Peel that, like, telling a film about exploiting a creature like while also showing it on film for us to see like something we're not supposed to see um feels like a direct like message from him where it's kind of like hey anything is like we're all headed downhill with with movies um because like the quote at the beginning all that stuff like sort of ties together but yeah i, I don't uh the other thing because you mentioned it nick i guess i'll uh briefly talk about um I thought I do see your point about him literally climbing a mountain for the perfect shot. Uh, I found the cinematographer's motivation to be a little lacking, but it ultimately didn't matter because like Todd pointed out, the main three protagonists still survive. And that was like, I really thought they were going to kill uh, Angel. And I loved that guy. Like I thought he was so fun and kind of unassuming at first, but so willing like when he's uh with oj to be like you know they call them ufps now or uabs now right and oj's just sort of sitting there you know ignoring, not ignoring but like not really adding too much it's like it's because they you know ufos sell more and, and they don't want they don't want you to know and he's like who doesn't want to know and he's like that's the crazy part man like he plays that role perfectly and uh I think I saw something that every pretty much every role was cast sure. in this film uh, besides him. Like every role was written for these actors, uh, which makes a lot of sense. But it's crazy to me that like um, a guy with minimal, like he had to audition for this role. He was that good uh, in this where you're talking about him in a film that also has uh, Daniel Kaluuya and, and Steven Yeun. Um, and Kiki Palmer. And Kiki Palmer, of course. True Jackson VP. Uh, can't forget. Um, 
But yeah, I'm trying to think if there's uh, any other things that we want to get into before. Oh, um, real quick, uh, you know, I sort of mentioned this like genre-wise, spoilery. Uh, this film does feel like a modernized Western. Um, yeah, that's really there, well. There so there, there's been some talk here. about that with the character of OJ. Right. Yeah. That you know he represents the erasure of of black cowboys, and you know they've yeah. they've been there since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And it, and that's, ties and that's like really... <laughs> it ties back into Tremors pretty well too, because that's like kind of a western in of itself in some ways. Right. Yeah, and that that's one of the things that I I felt like with that message at the start uh, really worked. Like sort of being like, oh, we've erased this name like from it. Like, no one knows who this is. And then having, like, this... Well, to me, that's what the picture is. That's the, you know, that's the we were here. Right, right, right. And that's, yeah. like, that's where I want to be, like, I really do want to be where where you are, like, on this, where it's like, oh, well, this this is an important thing because it cements them in history. Like, and I almost wish, like, I know this would be hard to do, but I thought, like, at the end of the film, what we would get instead of the actual picture of the alien, the only footage we would have was OJ riding the horse, like, from Angel. And then that would sort of be going full circle on, and this is, of course, not me telling an Academy Award uh, <laughs> winner, writer, how to write this movie. Um, but I did, like, I thought that was going to be the way to, to tie that back in. Um, I just, I think I just really disagree because I like that their triumph is total. Like, to me, that trumps all the thematic stuff. Like, I just enjoy the fact that they got all the footage and they survived. Like, I wanted them to complete their mission. Yeah. Like, they set out on a mission and they did well, the mission. And it feels so and that's earned exciting at that point. Yeah, and I'm like, you know yeah. what, they can go take over the world. Like, why not? Like, I don't yeah. I don't know. To me, I don't feel troubled by by that. But yeah. I think I'm just excited when they that they like won. At like the yeah, end. their motivations for getting that image may change over time in the film, but their objective was still simple: get that shot, whether it be actual film footage or the actual photograph of what it was. Well, and you have this core of like very different people and very different characters that are working together in perfect harmony to get this done. Yeah, it's fun, and they did it. But I, it's it's the thing. I do, I do see your point about like the thematic uh, message of the movie kind of taking a backseat to that. But it's almost like if to compare it to Jaws, it would almost be like at the start of Jaws, there was like this direct like messaging of like man we've ruined like the oceans so then by the end of the movie you're like ah but they killed a shark like um, <laughs> if that makes sense but um, we we did you know we caused the shark in this like jupe was feeding yeah, it horses weird. that's right, why exactly. it was there. I, um <laughs> but that's not what i just want to randomly say either, since so, i know we're coming to the know. end i love how they set up the well shot early in the film because it was just one it was one of those moments where like when it was set up earlier in the film i just took note of it as an interesting thing yeah and then when you reach that inevitability of like oh she's gonna get a picture with the well it you just it feels so earned and it's just the clever sort of thing he does that i really like yeah and, well, and, the and it draws such good tension by having yeah. the first couple not come out and like she's trying her best to get it just right yeah. to the point where all she has to do is just slightly push and gets that picture that we get like that's really well handled and the Akira shot that pre pre preceded that I mean come on the Akira I shot totally forgot to uh, <laughs> yeah. bring up the Akira shot that was awesome um I felt I <laughs> that was such a like uh, in terms of like Easter egg stuff that's such a great nod from a director to just casually a throw that in, in a really so intense good. moment it's still a this great movie feels yeah. like a justification for theaters because you know yes. if you have the right crowd it is that experience that we miss hopefully i mean didn't he let's say, say he yes let's say yes. to like yeah. that sort of thing 
Well, he succeeded. Yeah. All right. Are there any any, uh, lingering things before we close this out? Nope. Ah, wow. All right. With that, uh, that's going to do it for this. uh, Oh, well, sorry. That's going to do it for this spoiler review of Nope. Um, Real quick, we're going to do some brief stuff uh, at the end of this um, because I thought there was some newsworthy things to talk about uh real quick we we all get one minute on uh idris elba's lion <laughs> todd is is a bully todd pitch us why you don't think okay, okay. No, 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 no. fighting a lion is going to be the cinematic we need more Todd's context movie. for this because my good friend rich who i respect we need more context no, no. for this because my good friend rich who i respect uh mocked the idea of the smile movie because it was and I'll do this all within a minute mock the idea of the smile movie because it was too like it just seemed like a dumb formulaic stupid thing and I just think this movie beast looks so fucking basic like who the fuck doesn't know how that movie's gonna end do you think one of the children is gonna get murdered doubtful like yeah, like, no, it just like looks Pico. like such a dumb, simple movie. And he's going to say, well, maybe Idris will pull it out. Who gives a shit? It's a dumb movie. I get a movie where people get to, like, carve smiles into their face and shit. That's cooler. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, like, truth or dare. Nick, back off! Rich, your counter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look. If I can sit through Idris in the fucking Dark Tower, I can watch him fight some fucking lions. Yes. I'm, I want my daddy boy to be fighting some lions, okay? I, I want him to be fighting lions. I'd rather have that than Matthew McConaughey doing yeah, glass the, shards and shit. Shit, I want him playing himself. I want him to fucking pull up the turntables. Hey, then, I do want to clarify to the audience that I will be watching <laughs> the film anyway. But I'm just... Well, the film is called oh, Beast, Beast, for those that... Or uh, RuPaul's Track Race. Um, and just, just for the sake of posterity, Todd, uh, this comes from the directorial mind that brought us Two Guns, starring Denzel yeah, Washington and so... Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Okay, I changed my mind. Just kidding. Um, you mean owner of Wahlburgers and like what? a shitload of card sales places? Right, right. What's What's interesting is uh, a couple of his recent films are Adrift and Everest, which feel very like forces of nature stuff. But yeah, that's pretty much we we all we have on that. Uh, real quick, because um, this was from uh comic con and i didn't want to have marvel stuff at the start because there's some people that are like oh you're talking about marvel the original whatever um oh no marvel's <laughs> doing a they announced basically their their end of phase four or five uh the whole five and then some of six and i'm not even sure if todd uh looked into yeah. some of this i don't know uh but i'm just curious because you have said todd you've been of the opinion that you watch a Marvel movie, you forget about it, and then that's that. Um, which I find slightly aggravating. But my question for you is, how do you feel that they announced, shocker, there's going to be more Marvel stuff, I guess. Like, did you have any I thoughts from this? I'm at a point where I agree for the rest of my life to watch all of them. And so I have... I have succumbed to the pressure. And my, for the record, that quote from me makes it sound like I don't like the Marvel films. I do, but I just don't spend a lot of time thinking about them anymore. So it's like, yeah. So my, my, yeah, my, my response is, <laughs> my response is like, okay, fine. Where do I sign you want my social security number? Okay, sure. Here, here you go, Marvel. You can have my social security number. You want a blood test? 
Okay, fine. But with the blood test, I get to see all your movies. Okay. That's where I am with Marvel now. I'll keep watching them and then immediately being like, all right, back to other stuff. But that that's my that's my take. Yeah. I have enough third party conversations about Marvel shit that I will never need to start a conversation yeah, yeah, about yeah. Marvel shit. That's true. So true. I've been camping with Rich where we talked about Marvel for like a day. Not Rich and I, but like other people. Yeah. While someone was playing a playlist of Marvel songs. It was the most Marvel. Yeah. I'm excited for more Marvel. Because I get to be the the negative Nancy for a second. Quamp, quamp. So my only thing is, at least to me, like (laughs) I don't. I just I know I know because I I think Nick I asked Nick this because he probably had a better reference for when this stuff was announced. Uh, I think Nick, you had said that Infinity War and or at least that there were going to be big Avengers movies was announced when uh, Age of Ultron came out. Yeah, back in around uh, early 2015, they had a little um, sort of press event at the El Capitan Theater. And they're like, yeah, we're going to announce Phase 3. And I was like, man, that's going to tank Age of Ultron's box office, which it didn't. Um, And at the time, they said it was like Part 1, Part 2 of Infinity War. And they had not changed the name of Part 2. At the time, it was just like Infinity War Part 1, Part 2. Right, and I guess, like, I should learn from that, like, oh, you know, they did this before and it worked out. Um, But maybe it's just because I'm more tuned into movie news, where I'm like, man, do we need to know, like, when the hard and fast... Because even when the Avengers, like, Infinity War Part 1, Part 2, they were only that, like, kind of in development. And then they went back on it, like, two years later, and were like, oh, no, they're actually two Avengers movies untitled. But everybody was pretty sure, like, okay, you can say that. Um, yeah, and, and that's they all kept well the, good. And the funny My, part is, the funny part is, they kept part two's title like out of the public conscience for like a while after Infinity War came out. Like at the time, it was still called Untitled Avengers film or right. Avengers Four, and everyone was like, "Oh, what if it's this? What if this is? What if it's Avengers Assemble? What if it's like whatever?" Right? And I was like, "What if it's just Avengers Endgame?" And then, like, it just, it became Avengers Endgame. Because, <laughs> like, I was like, okay, well, there's some key words in Infinity War that I'm like, okay, well, maybe that'll be the title. Right. And Doctor, and, and uh, Doctor, and Doctor Strange is like, we're in the Endgame now. There you go. <laughs> right. And, and most recently in in um, Hawkeye, Hawkeye did say in the Hawkeye series that we all definitely watched several times. Yes. Um, he said, you know this is going to be a real secret wars we're going to be fighting. Um, so now, obviously, that that ties it all back. No, I guess my my issue with this is I think I'm about to, and I know this, I, I know no one cares. People are like, yeah, you don't have to announce this, weenie. Um, but I think I'm going to, like, after Black Panther 2, just because the intriguement of Wakanda Forever, I think I'm going to take a break and then come back yeah. around whenever... Like in 2026, when Kang Wars, uh, At 25 Secret That's Wars 25. comes comes back around, because I know think how much Marvel talk there is. Like, I don't I don't know if this stuff is mandatory. Like I don't, and maybe I'm wrong at the end of this, and people are like, "Man, you really needed to see Eternals or Moon Knight," or and I I like Moon Knight, but um, I don't know. I mean, my my whole view with this next couple phases is like, I don't think all of them are going to be mandatory. It's just some of the more bigger stuff is going to be like kind of more interesting to think about as opposed to the other ones. It's kind of like it's kind of like what everyone's been theorizing about the next three phases that it's fully become full circle in terms of adaptation. Where before it was like, oh, comics were being adapted into movies and that's all there was. Now with Marvel, it's become a comic book store version of comic book movies, where there are certain titles that you can choose from, but you don't necessarily have to follow each one. 
to understand the bigger events. Right, and that's my issue when I'm talking about this, because there's a bunch of comic nerds that are telling me, like, no, it's great, it's just like comics. And as someone who never could get in fully invested in comics, um, that's just a hard sell for me. (laughs) Well, yeah, fair. There you go. But I think I think that's it. Just wanted to have uh, Avengers talk and Beast. Uh, Just wanted to work some Marvel into Jordan Peele's podcast. And and also and also, <laughs> the, and also Avengers Five is being directed by uh, the Shang Chi director. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was really I was kind of surprised about that because I thought, yeah. um, obviously, I love him. Uh, I love his work so far. Um, but I was really surprised. That sort of, at least to me, feels like it's acknowledging that uh, Simu Liu is going to be one of the main players, if not the biggest two of the two uh, in the upcoming stuff. But uh, Todd or Michelle or Rich, because me and Nick were just talking a lot. Do you have anything to cap that off? Mm, no. No. Great. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. He agrees with Logan and Paul. And that's problematic. See you on the next one. Okay. Go ahead. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Fuck Logan Paul. (laughs) Ha ha.